and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I'm Brad Mason. I'm here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, hello. And there we are. We are back again with another episode for you to digest and to listen to. And we appreciate you giving us your time and attention with these podcast episodes. This episode should have been done yesterday, uh, which was Sunday, according to our schedule. But we have um, family in. We had family in from out of town. And uh, a hayride ensued and some hee-hawing. And some people had to work. <laughs> yes. And so we <laughs> we had a lot going on. So we, we kind of missed it uh, yesterday, but we're doing it today. So we'll do this one today and we'll do uh, Acts chapter 5 tomorrow. So if you've uh, not been keeping up with that, we have a study on a Bible study of Acts, uh, the book of Acts, and uh, the new episode coming tomorrow will be Acts chapter 5. Some really cool things um, in that chapter that are going to be a lot of fun. Indeed. So we were kind of talking about this episode and um, this episode is probably going to be titled Standing with Lions. Um, I like that title, Standing with Lions. Ooh. So um, really w- what we were talking about, I, my brother had posted a song on Facebook from a group that I listened to back in the 90s when I was growing up. I was, I want to say it was 19 when um, Guardian, Christian group Guardian, came out with their uh, CD Buzz. And there was a song on there, and it was about Daniel and the Lion's Den. And my brother had posted this past week a, a, a song off the CD, and um, I think it was called Shorty. Um, but anyway, got me piqued to interest again to get the CD. So I got the CD and I started listening to it again, um, over and over as I do. Sometimes we all do with music. And, uh, this, this song really stuck out to me because I think it was, um, I think it's very pertinent. I don't want to say relevant cause it gets used too much, but it's very pertinent for, um, the world that we live in and the times that we live in the story of Daniel and the lion's den. So we're going to go through this. We're going to go through the scripture and then we're going to look at some key points. I, w- I want to make some observations about Daniel and the lion's den, what that means for us and, uh, kind of what was going on there. So we're actually going to go to Daniel, the book of Daniel, and Natasha is going to read that scripture for us. Starting at the beginning? You start at the beginning and I'll cut you off when I want to make a point. All right. So this is chapter six. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. All right, so let's stop there. So uh, if you know the story of Daniel and the lions, then this really begins uh, back with Daniel um, interpreting dreams. So Daniel interprets the dreams of the king, and uh, he's accurate. His his words are truthful, and the king really uh, puts a lot of trust in Daniel. So what he does is he makes Daniel um, the leader, basically, over all these people. Um, we read that they're uh, rulers, the princes, and presidents, and things like that. And so they're uh, they're answering to Daniel, and this, this made the king happy because he knew Daniel um, was honest and true and he knew that his judgment was good. And so he had put him in a place of leadership over all these men. So uh, eventually what happened was here, we're reading in the first part of this scripture is that they got jealous. Um, They got jealous of Daniel. They got jealous of his relationship with the king. And so they conspired. They decided they were going to try and do something. They knew who Daniel was and they knew what Daniel stood for. And so they were going to try and conspire against him. So continue. Continuing in verse five. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. 
Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore king Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. So we'll stop there real quick. So uh, the they're, they're, they're conspiring against him, and the greatest idea they have is they know Daniel is obedient to his God. He's obedient to the law of his God, and he's also obedient in prayer. Um, and so they go to the king and they really, um, what do you call it? What do you call it when they, uh, they really appeal? That's it. They really appeal to his vanity that you're the king and you're the mightiest in the land and everybody obeys you and everybody should listen to you. And, um, we think that, and there, there should be nothing I've asked of anyone, of any God anywhere without them asking you, no one should do that for 30 days. We're going to make it to where it's impossible. People should not do any prayer. They should not do anything other than ask you according to the laws of the Medes and Persians. This is what they have to do. And so him and his being selfish and vain, he signed off on that. Didn't give it any thought. He was like, yeah, I am the best. I'm great. So let's go ahead and write this up. Well, interestingly enough, Daniel, what's the first thing Daniel does when he hears this, Daniel immediately goes to prayer. Um, one of the things, and I'll give you a little tidbit. If you haven't been listening to the acts um, the study of Acts, you need to listen to that because there's, there's something in that that goes along with this. Uh, it shows us here, how many times did Daniel pray? Three times a day. When did he pray? What times did he pray? You should know this from the study of Acts. <laughs> the Jews went up to the temple to pray three times a day. They prayed at... Oh. Nine. <laughs> they prayed at... 12 and, and they 3. At, there you go. So they prayed at 9, 12, and 3. And so here Daniel is in the Old Testament. Daniel's doing exactly the same thing we saw them doing in the book of Acts in the New Testament. He's praying three times a day. And these men knew Daniel was faithful in prayer. So continue on. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee. O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. All right, so we got here, they're coming. So Daniel's praying three times a day. They knew he was praying three times a day. And when they caught him, they went to the king. And so what is it they tell the king? They tell, Well, he's breaking the law. According to the Medes and Persians, he can't do this. You you signed this king. Did you not sign this? He's, he's praying to his God. He's asking petitions of him. And you said he couldn't do that. And the king suddenly realizes his own arrogance, right? Because he's, um, he's made Daniel the ruler over all these men and all these people. 
Bible. And here he is. He just, uh, it got him in the heart. He's like, oh, you know, I didn't even think about Daniel. And now look what I've done. So now the king sets about to figure out how to get him out of it. Go ahead. Um, And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establishes may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and was laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went into the palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went with, went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live for ever. May God hath set his angel, and hath shut the the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before... Him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. All right, so we're going to stop there for a second. So Daniel is in the lion's den. The king is trying to figure out how to get him out. You know, what am I going to do? I've got to, you know, I've wrote this law, and I don't know how to, I can't break the law. It's it's the law. It's what I've said. Um, so he gives, uh, apparently there was a, a time that went with this. They figured he's thrown in there. He either gets eaten up and he's dead, and he, or, you know, something's going on. So the king puts him in there, and he says, I know you're God. I know you're faithful to him. Um, surely, if if there's one true God, if there's one living God, he can deliver you from this. He should be able to do this, you know. So he seals him up. And then the scripture says that the king fasted all night long. He wasn't able to eat. He was worried. He was uh, He was probably... He didn't sleep very he well. He didn't sleep at all, really. I mean, he was just... He was concerned. This shows his love for Daniel. Because uh, if you don't care, you're just not going to be a problem. Uh, but he was sick on his stomach for what he had done. And he was sick that Daniel was there because he feared the lions were going to eat him. So the next morning he comes to and uh, he goes over there and, and he rolls the stone out of the way. He had sealed it so nobody else would open it, right? Because that was the law. Um, he opens it up and he and he calls out to Daniel. You know, are you still there? Are you still alive? Daniel, and I don't, you know, I don't know, honestly, if he actually thought he was going to hear a voice. Um, I think he was hoping, but he didn't really know. And then Daniel calls out to him and he says, I'm, I'm fine. You know, the God has sent the angels to shut up the lion's mouths. He found this innocency in me and he found Daniel uh, faithful and worthy to deliver him from these lions. So generally when we're children, um, and we'll go through some of the points here in a second, but generally when we're children, we stop there because we're like, oh, yay, he got saved from the lion's den, whoop-de-doo, right? So we miss some of the rest of it. So I want you to read the rest of this scripture. Now, one thing I will point out before we read the rest of this scripture is this is the story of what happened. This is Nowhere here does it tell us that God ever commanded the king to do anything else. God never told the king what to do with Daniel. He never told him what to do with the rulers and the princes and all that. He didn't say what to do with any of these people. So whatever the king decides to do from here on out is his decision. We may not like what the king did, because you're going to read something here that you're not going to like, but there's a point to it, so go ahead. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. 
And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast him into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast for ever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in the heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So you can actually go online and uh, you can do some research and you can find uh, images. There's imagery in Egypt. There's images in uh, North of Africa of Darius, um, things that were carved, things that were, I mean, uh, there were Josephus wrote about some of the things about Darius. There are different historians who talk about Darius and the things that he did in his kingdom and how he, he conquered all kinds of the Greeks and things like that. So we know it's a, an actual factual person in a factual place. Um, and again, here I pointed out that uh, the end of the story is not just Daniel coming out of the lion's den. It's this really kind of gruesome idea that um, th that he takes these men and he throws them in, and then he throws in their children and their wives. And that is, when you think that's horrible, that's absolutely horrible. But you got to remember, God never told him to do that. That was the king's decision and the king's decree because he was the king. Um, and you might say, well, why did he do that? And I think there was in the scripture when we read a lot of times the Bible talks about a. Um, a curse upon the father and upon their children. Uh, and so a lot of times they were looked at as uh, wickedness was not just that of the father. It was going to be that of the son and the daughter and the children. And so when punishment fell, a lot of times, if it fell on one person, it fell on the whole family. And I think this is a thing, kind of the same thing we see with Jesus when he says, uh, he's talking to someone and he says, uh, salvation has now come to your house. This person believed, but Jesus says, now salvation's come to your whole house. And it doesn't mean they were all saved because of the one person's belief. It means now salvation comes into that whole house. And so for this decree that this one person dies, it meant that their whole family went with them. And it was a kind of a gruesome thing. Um, and it also showed that the lion's mouths were shut when Daniel was in the lion's den because they ate all of them. And the Bible says they broke up their bones, you know, while they were doing it. And they had mastery over them. Um, and if they fought back, it didn't matter. Um, so the lions were hungry. There was no doubt about that. They were, they were very hungry, but they were held back from eating up Daniel, our man Daniel. So we look at the scripture, and there's a couple of interesting points. And the reason I wanted to point this, uh, I really like this uh, passage of scripture and uh, the story of Daniel. And I remember it from when I was a little kid, and I remember the... Um, the flannel board and all the little Daniel, they put Daniel up there in the lion's den and he's staring up into heaven. Right. And so we, when we're kids, we're given these ideas that these people are, um, they're leaders and they're not scared and they're, they stand before, you know, they're with God. And, um, it doesn't tell us any of that in the scripture. It says Daniel knew the Lord would protect him. Uh, he, uh, he knew the Lord shut up the angel's mouths, but that didn't mean he wasn't scared or nervous or, um, it, he didn't have those emotions that we have. And I think that's something that we, we often forget uh, a couple of things that I wrote down about Daniel that I want to call out real quick. 
Number one, Daniel was not willing to compromise his beliefs or standards. And that's huge. Right now in the world that we live in, um, the world is asking us to compromise what we believe. They're constantly coming up with new ideas and new, and I'm going to just say genders. Let's just use that as an example. There are now 14,323,000 genders in the world, apparently. You can be a tree, you can be an ivy plant, whatever you want to be, you can be that. But they're asking Christians who believe uh, in the word of God, that God made Adam and Eve, that God made male and female, that's what he says. Um, we're being asked to compromise what we believe um, to appease the world. And that's a lot of people are giving into that. A lot of people are giving into those um, those ideas. And it's really uh, comes out of the next kind of thing that Daniel had to face. Daniel had to face a threat. And the threat was, if you don't agree with me, if you don't do what I've said, then there'll be punishment. And that's what we're looking at in the world we live in. If we don't agree with this world, if we don't agree with the concepts that are coming out of Hollywood and society and the government, if we disagree, then we're facing, eventually we're facing punishment. Um, Number two point I want to make is that Daniel, that God was at the center of Daniel's life. And we know this because those men knew exactly how to get him. They knew exactly what to do. They knew Daniel was faithful to pray three times a day. They knew he was going to go there. They knew that if they came up with this law for the king to sign, that Daniel would break that law because he was obedient to his God. And so that was the very center of Daniel's life. Everything he did... um, Point number three would be that Daniel was used by God. So we know in chapter two of Daniel, Daniel is prophesying or he's interpreting the king's dreams. So he's being used by God and the king was aware of it. The king knew that Daniel's God was true because his dreams had been true. Um, He knew that Daniel was faithful to God. And so Daniel was being used by God. Uh, The fourth point I would make is that Daniel stayed faithful even under that threat. Um, And a lot of times this is really test out your faith, whether you're a real believer or not. Um, we see that in the world is that a lot of times you're going to see, there's famous people and we see them all the time, right there. We've seen them last couple months this year, 2019, there's been a four or five people to walk away from their Christian faith in the public space and to deny Jesus and to say, Oh, I don't believe any of that. Uh, I'm just going to go love, you know, and a lot of them are leaving because they don't have that. They don't have the Holy spirit in them. Number one. Um, they're missing that. And then they don't like, again, going back to, they don't like the stance that the church is taking on certain positions. They don't like that we're standing on the word of God and it puts their careers. If you notice, some of them are musicians. It puts their careers under threat because, well, if I, um, you know, if I don't, um, if I say I'm a Christian or if I stay a Christian, people are going to stop listening to me. And if people stop listening to me, then I won't have any fans. And that's the most important thing. We've seen that. The famous person this year that we went on, I think, about in January, she was just very adamant to say, well, that was what somebody else calls me. They call me a Christian. She didn't want to call herself that because it puts her under a threat of people stop listening to her. Instead of saying, I've got the opportunity to share the gospel with them, and I've got the opportunity to be an example before them of what God wants me to be. It's, well, you know, I was a I'm Christian. I'm going to kind of back I mean, down on it. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't really define myself by that. And we get out of here. So Daniel wasn't afraid to stay faithful, even under a threat. And then the last point I would make out of this passage, which is a really important point, is that there are consequences to the things that we do. And the consequences here are two different. There are two different consequences. The consequences that Daniel faced and the consequences that the accusers faced. So Daniel's consequences where he had to face the lion's den. And I don't want to sound cliche, and I, I want to avoid cliche at all costs here, but a lot of times in our lives, we're going to face things. We're going to have to come in face-to-face with some things that could devour us. We're going to run into people. We're going to run into situations. We're going to run into life events. Um, 
you know, we, we have, we've had on our own issues in our own life, um, where Natasha had cancer and it was, it was just a huge thing. And it's just, um, I think your, your walls are torn down and you feel like, I don't know if I'm going to win this and you're afraid and, and you know, we trust and we believe and we hope that God has a plan and God has a way out of these things. Um, but that doesn't stop us from being concerned and being worried. And we want to put our hope and trust in the Lord. And so that's what we see out of Daniel. So the consequences there can be that our faith is made stronger because we know God's going to bring us through that. And when he does, our faith is made stronger. It's made whole. Um, even if we were to, uh, you know, in this con- in this case, even if the, the lions ate Daniel, would that mean that God is not real? No, even if I had died. That wouldn't have meant God is not real. That would have just meant God had a better plan for you and something different for the rest of us. And we would have had to accept that and come to terms with it. And so, but that doesn't diminish our faith and our hope in the Lord is that we're going to get to see this person again. And so Daniel, he maintained his faith, even under this constant threat of being killed. Um, This is a synonymous theme in the New Testament with the disciples and the apostles is that they're under constant threat um, going out and preaching the gospel. They're going to be put to death. And many of them, 11 out of the 12 were put to death. Um, and people need to really understand that Jesus never called us the gospel. Being a Christian is not easy. It was never meant to be the easiest thing in the world. Anyone who tells you that being a Christian is easy, doesn't even understand what it means. Um, because you're, you're looking at forsaking the world who can do that. Uh, Jesus had put out, he said, if you're not willing to forsake the world and forsake all the things of the world, you're not even willing to be my disciple. And if we're not willing to take those, and that's huge. That's a huge thing to have to face. What do you mean I got to forsake the world and I've got to, what do you mean? I need to give up my friends. What do you mean? I need to put these things that I used to do behind me just to be a disciple of Jesus. So being faithful is, is a huge thing. Daniel stayed faithful despite the threats of death around him. And many of us don't face that. This is the interesting thing. Many of us don't even face death and we can't stay faithful. Right. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm throwing myself in that bunch too. We um, one side of our mouth say that we praise and love the Lord and then something comes up and we get upset and we go off the rails on the other side. Right. I mean, so we're not, well, even the little things we're, it's not that we're under threat of death. We can't even stay faithful for just the little things. It's crazy. Um, and I speak that, uh, for as all of us, that's really where we're at. Um, the consequences on the other side of that are this though, and this is something people need to understand. There is no injustice that is done that God will not punished, that will not be brought to light, that will not be seen. Um, What happens here is these men set out to get Daniel, and in the end, they got thrown in the lion's den and were consumed. And this is the idea that even though David, he talked about this in the Psalms, he talked about the wicked and how they were out to kill him and how they were out to get him, and Lord, will the wicked be avenged? We see this in the book of Revelation. It says, there are those who are under the throne, and they cry out to God, and they say, when will our blood be avenged? And the Lord said, when all these things are done, when all those people who are come out of the great tribulation, just like you, that's when I'll take the Lord's going to avenge all these children who were killed in abortion. The Lord is going to avenge all these people who commit murder and sin, all these things. The, and then what we're talking about is unrepentant people, right? We're talking about people who are not saved, who didn't give their life to Christ, who treated the world, the church and children and women and the homeless, whatever you want to call it. They treated people wickedly and the Lord will deal out justice because that's part of who he is. But people don't people a lot of people don't want to see that part of 
of God. I know you don't want to, and I'll be honest with you, you, you want, don't want to see that. They only want to see God as all love and, and nothing else. But you cannot have the love of God without the justice of God, because there is where there is no justice, there is no love. Because justice and love, love actually demands justice. If you want to know the truth, love demands justice, because a lot of times when people feel unloved, they want somebody to do something about it right now. That person hurt me. They don't love me. I'm hurt. I want you to do love. Love demands justice. Um, and that's what happened with Jesus. The law demanded justice and the law was love. And Jesus came to fulfill that. Uh, it's just, we look at these things in our lives in the world and, and we want to sit back and we don't want to be, we don't want to be Daniels. I'll be honest with you. We don't. I don't think there's a lot of people who want to be a Daniel. They don't want to face hardship. They don't want to face these situations that are difficult. They don't want to be under threat. They, they want to, we want to maintain our faithfulness to God, but we want to maintain it on our terms. And I, and good point I saw this week was on Facebook. Um, I won't throw anybody's name out there, but I saw a friend of mine who had posted a meme. Um, uh, I don't know, something about Lord bless me. I'm waiting on God to bless me. And again, it's like we talk, there's all these other things on their page and you're like, mm, you know, I mean, we can't be casual about this. We either love the Lord and we follow his word. We either, we love God regardless of whether he blesses us or not. We follow him, whether he blesses us or not. We can't walk our own way and then say, Lord, bless me. I'm going to do my life. Just bless me as I go. Come on, bless me. I'm doing this. Bless me, Lord. You know, we can't, it doesn't work like that. We have this faithfulness to the Lord. He is faithful to us even when we're not faithful to him. But I encourage us, we have to find this faithfulness to the Lord. We have to walk in that because I think what the world needs to see right now are more Daniels. They need to see more people who are willing to stand up under threat in face of adversity and say, you know what? I'm going to pray. I'm going to stick with God. You can call me whatever. You can do to me whatever you want, but I'm going to stick with the Lord and I'm going to walk with that and walk in that faithfulness. And I promise you that God will reward that. That is one of his promises that he will reward. I really wish Chick-fil-A had stayed a Daniel. I, you know, honestly, I don't, uh, yeah, me too. Chick-fil-A. I wish you'd have stayed at Daniel. I don't really know what you turned into there, but I, I think they, um, that's a whole nother podcast of what they're, what they're into. Um, they got good chicken sandwiches, so I can't knock that, yeah. but I, I wish they would have stayed that way too. So we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, get in there, Daniel chapter six, read the story again for yourself. If you want to go back to the beginning of Daniel, kind of read what happened and how he got to be in the place that he is. Um, it's a great, great idea. Go back and read and, uh, kind of catch up on the story. But hopefully you will find somewhere in your heart, ask the Lord, make me a Daniel, Lord. I know that means I go through hardship, but make me a Daniel. Um, stay in prayer and stay faithful, and God will bless you. And we will catch you again next time. Bye.